Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, tonight here at CHI Health Center Omaha, it's another big matchup as the Jays begin their longest homestand of conference play. Three games. Next three games will all be right here at CHI Health Center so they can unpack the suitcases. I actually put my suitcase away for a couple of weeks. That's nice, man. It's cool that you're back in Omaha for so long. Yeah, you're not suitcase John anymore. Yeah, you're not Thank suitcase God. John anymore. Thank God. But the uh, Jays work their way into this one, uh, third place in the league standings at 5-3. and three. They're two games back of Connecticut. They're one back of Seton Hall. But Probably more noteworthy, at least for right now, especially given the fact that UConn has the tiebreaker and doesn't appear to be losing any time this century, uh, at least, or at least not for the next uh, few weeks, is to stay away from the middle of the pack. Remember, the top five teams now get buys into the quarterfinal round of the Big East Conference tournament, and it's it's no longer you know six teams; it's now five teams that get the buy, and because of that. You know, that's that's one more spot that, you know, you have less to uh, – that's one more spot less of, you know, a little bit of fudge room to uh, work with. And if you look right behind the Jays right now in the standings, you literally have four teams all within a game of five and three. Villanova, Xavier, and Marquette are all at four and three. They've all had their bye week already. Creighton is not. And St. John's is four and four. So And so you're going seven deep for five spots currently. And that's probably, depending on what happens, I mean, Providence has fallen into a rut um, since, the, uh, since the injury. Uh, Butler, uh, if they catch fire, maybe they could jump into that mix as well. But really, you're looking at five teams for three spots in terms of staying out of that play-in game. So for tonight, what's important, and we talked about this after the Villanova loss, Home losses in conference almost feel like a loss and a half because you're playing at home. You're supposed to defend home court. The, the difference between the teams at the top and the teams in the middle or the bottom is the ones you can steal on the road. Well, when you lose at home, it almost feels like you have to steal two on the road just to make up for the one that you lost. The good news is Creighton has been good on the road so far this year. They're 3-1 and one on the road uh, in Big East play. So as... They get ready for this game here tonight and this three-game homestand. This one becomes important because, A, you keep Xavier behind you. Yep. And, B, you defend home floor. And, yes, you you still mathematically, because you still have another game left against Seton Hall and you still have another game against UConn, you still keep yourself at least mathematically in position to maybe challenge for the regular season championship. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it earlier, and I imagine we'll talk about it with Matt when he joins us in a little over an hour, but just the legs and where this team is at right now coming off of the triple overtime game over the weekend. I thought John Walker, the new uh, Creighton beat reporter for the World Herald and friend of the Grum, he had some good stuff today in his uh, 
story, his pregame story, where he mentioned um, the the number of minutes that the big three right now have played. Alexander, 683 minutes, 12th most in the entire country. Baylor Shireman, 676, not very far behind him, obviously. Kalkbrenner, 602 minutes, 46th in the country. And he added, they're the only three Jays averaging over 30 minutes per game. And then we obviously know what happened on Saturday and how many minutes those guys um, played in in that one. And so where does that show itself tonight if it's going to show itself? Um, and maybe, John, where does it show itself in the in the coming you know month and a half leading into into the postseason? Because that is just obviously it's a lot of minutes and, you know, they're playing in a conference like this where those minutes are just a little bit tougher. Taking a look uh, at the the net rankings, because this is where everything is kind of based, and we'll do this for Nebraska a little bit later on in the show, because uh, uh, there's certainly a chance that Nebraska might have, might, I'm using air quotes here because I, I, I hate to say anything in conference play is easy, uh, but when you look at the net rankings right now, you've got UConn, Creighton, and Marquette are top 20 teams. Villanova's at 37, St. John's is at 41, Xavier's at 43. So those those are your top 50 teams right now. And then you got Providence, Seton Hall, and Butler who are all in that borderline category. And I call it borderline because in the net rankings, if you beat a top 35 team at home, it's a quad one win. If it's a neutral site game, then it's one, then it's top 50. And if it's a road win, it's top 75. So right now, if you were to win a game at Providence, at Seton Hall, like Creighton did the other day, or at Butler, that is still a quad one victory. That's for road wins. So those, those that's why those numbers are important. And obviously Georgetown and DePaul are, are way back in the race. Now after tonight, the Blue Jays will have almost wrapped up their first round of the double round robin. Uh, they still have games against Butler. That's the that would be that will be the only other Big East school that they haven't played yet. Now they'll double up here in the next couple of games uh, because they will have uh, DePaul, who they will play for the second time this week, and then uh, the first game against Butler will be the week after that. So they'll start doubling up here with the pinkout game on Saturday. But those those numbers are important because when you look at it, UConn's going to be a quad one game. Regardless yeah. of where it's played, yeah. they're 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 solidly in. Uh, Marquette is going to be the same. So when Marquette makes the return trip later in um, March, that unless Marquette just absolutely spits the bit, which I don't expect them to do, that'll be quad one. Villanova, provided they can stay in the top seventy-five, and they're in good shape right now. Jays go on the road to play Villanova, and they will go on the road to play St. John's, and they still have the road game against Xavier, and they have the road game against Providence. And they have a road game against Butler. So there's a lot of opportunities for quad one wins for the Jays, both home and away, over the course of what we'll call, because it's not quite halfway through the Big East schedule, but it's close enough, the second half of the uh, of the conference schedule, which, which will help your resume and certainly give you the ability to bump up your line in the seating, not to mention the fact that, again, you're – in contention right now for the league title. So even if the Jays were to slip out of the top five, there is still an opportunity because, remember, the committee does not look at your conference placement in terms of where you should be. Nebraska sadly found that out firsthand a few years ago when they finished top four in the Big Ten but did not make the NCAA tournament because they just didn't have all the other metrics. But there are plenty of opportunities for Creighton here 
down the stretch to get some pick up some really good quality wins. And depending on how things go, uh, maybe other teams will jump up there. If Villanova uh, could get on a bit of a run here, uh, even though that was a loss at home, it could go back into a quad one category uh, if Villanova stays inside of the top 35. So that's just a quick look at what the numbers look like this week. And then the other part of it, Josh, is just you know overall momentum. Forget about the standings. Forget about records. Forget about the net rankings or the NCAA tournament. It's about momentum. And, if, and, and we saw this last year. The Jays got off to the very you know, mixed result start. Yeah, six and six. And then went on an eight-game winning streak. And it was the strength of that eight-game winning streak that got them basically reset the bar for them and propelled them into the postseason, which, of course, they had their best postseason ever. And that's what this certain stretch right here represents. I mean, you know, if you can defend home court and win these next three games um, against, at least against um, Xavier and Butler, against good competition – yeah, and then, then obviously you mix in the DePaul game too, which they'll you know yeah, win. Then you're looking at then you're looking at an eight and three record in conference, and things start to look really good. Then you have another tough road swing because you go to Providence and to Xavier after that. So these games are really starting tonight are really important to carry over that momentum. And you listen, teams can have individual games where you know you show incredible toughness, incredible resolve. But it's the ability to then stack on success on top of that that separates those really good teams from being great teams. And that's why tonight is important, because it shows that, hey, it's not a hangover effect. Sadly, you know, Nebraska found out, you know, what happened after beating, you know, the number one team in the country. Yeah. Little bit of a letdown. They drop the next two on the road, and all of a sudden people are kind of hanging their heads. Yeah, now, fortunately, that, Nebraska just, bounced back. But Yeah, you're but, trying to catch up. Yeah, you're, you're, you're playing catch-up. So um, that's why I think tonight is important as much for the numbers game as it is for the momentum game, which is so important. Now as you get into a time where school has begun for all of yeah, these Yeah, you're getting back into that routine. You're getting back into that routine. You want as positive a mindset as you can get. And that, to me, was one of the most impressive things about Saturday because being around the team Thursday and Friday between the UConn game and the Seton Hall game, it would have been understandable to see a lot of guys dragging their heads, having bad attitudes, but they really went to work in practice, seemed like there were some pretty good spirits, and they were able to carry that over. You kind of expect that from a veteran team with a lot of, you know, fourth and, you know, third, fourth, and fifth year guys, but they're still only 21, 22, 23 years old. They're as susceptible, if not more susceptible, to wild emotional swings as the rest of us. Yeah, and and going back to the momentum uh, piece of the conversation, before that UConn loss, it was four wins in a row. Then they lose, and obviously they win that triple OT game. I mean, you just look at the standings right now, and I, I don't want to say like if you lose today or tonight, it's you know it's throwing away that dub because it's obviously not. But just given the standings of the conference and how muddled 
I mean, it's a very large middle class right now uh, with a lot of teams either four and three or four and four or three and four. And then, heck, if you even want to include Butler in that conversation at three and five, given that they have the inverse of Creighton's five and three record, a loss tonight to Xavier. Suddenly they're five and four. Xavier's five and three. So they would hop them and they'd just be in that large chunk where if you get a win, you move to six wins, you match Seton Hall, who's going to play a game tomorrow, and, and you just give yourself a little bit more uh, breathing room as you're trying to chase down you know, UConn, who has obviously had a very successful season to this point, winning seven uh, conference games. And I think especially with you know this game and then DePaul, I think we hit on it a little bit yesterday where having the short turnaround after a Saturday game, then you have another Saturday game, but then you don't play again until Friday. And so it does allow you, of all the points to, I guess, play a triple OT game, you, you are coming upon a solid stretch just given you're going to have a little bit more rest um, at least going into next Friday's game than you would otherwise. Xavier's going to come in here. They will play fast. Now that usually is a good sign for Creighton because Creighton likes to play fast as well. To me, it's almost – it's. I, I don't know if I am as concerned about the fatigue factor coming off of a game like Saturday as I am just about – are they ready to stretch their legs? Because these last full few games have been a grind. I mean, you can you know you can even go back before conference play started, and the ability for the Jays to actually get out and run, do the things they traditionally like to do, has been limited because of the style of play that you get with a lot of Big East teams, and I think more teams have adopted that philosophy than not. And so are they ready to shift into that next gear? Is the transmission ready to go from third gear to fourth gear? Because it seems like it has been a while since Creighton's been able to play more of an open floor, open space type of basketball game. It'll be fun to watch, and uh, we'll have everything right here for you on 1620 The Zone starting at 6 o'clock tonight with the pregame and tip-off sometime after 7.30 here on The Zone and also on 101.9 The Keg. Still to come, there's some new developments in the Iowa and Iowa State gambling story. Apparently, the investigation that revealed some of the players may have been obtained by illegal information or privacy concerns. But coming up next, no privacy concerns with Michael Bruns. He, he is an open book. Yes, he is. He will tell us everything and anything we want to hear. And he joins us next on 1620 The Zone.